Hello, Divine Soul, and welcome back to the Spirit Embodied Podcast, hosted by yours truly, Alicia Michelle. If you're wanting to create a soulful life that lights you up, then take this as a sign that you're exactly where you're meant to be. Let the magic begin. Hello, beautiful souls, and welcome to Take Me Home Part 2. I am pretty much going to dive straight in, and I cannot wait to share with you a little bit more about um, three stages of my coming back home to self journey um, so that you guys can maybe start to understand and piece together how potentially this might be playing out in your life. And I think the reason why it's so... Um, beautiful and so potent to share about personal experiences is that we're all human. We all came here on earth to experience not exactly the same thing as other people, but a version of a similar theme or emotion or trauma or whatever the collective is working through to heal. I actually believe that this theme of take me home is something a lot of people are probably dealing with at the moment and trying to figure out where they belong. And I will explain to you as well, like how many different types of home there can be. And just to give you an idea right now, you've got your spiritual home. So how you connect spiritually and how that can make you feel really homely and connected. And then you've got movement or going to the gym or playing sports. And that's really coming home to your body. And then you've got your mind and logic. And I want to put a little disclaimer here is that I don't believe the ego is bad. Oh my God. Spiritual person said, I don't believe the ego is bad, but shouldn't we silence the inner critic? Shouldn't we learn to deal with the inner critic? I'm saying absolutely not. I am saying to get on board with how you can love your inner critic way more than you can actually disown it. Because the reason that voice is so loud is because you've not yet heard, listened to, or validated what the inner critic is trying to tell you. And the more you disown it, the more that it's going to speak even louder. And so today I'm going to share with you how my homely voice became so loud uh, throughout this three sort of stages of my journey when it comes to coming back home to myself um, in all aspects is that I had to get the mind on board. And so feeling at home in the mind could be something like using the mind as um, a directive tool towards education and learning or your job and producing results, but yet from a place of knowing that your results don't actually um, sort of dictate your level of worthiness and receivership for this lifetime. And so what I'm really alluding to here is the overall theme that I believe is really important and something to really highlight here is that home will mean something different for everyone. And when I share about what home means to me, it doesn't mean that you have to have the same feelings towards it. You could have something completely different for what home feels like for you or how you want to create home within yourself. Um, But to me, home, homeliness uh, is all about actually beingness because we're really taught from a young age to be pretty much human machines. And we are driven to produce results and that's how we become validated and worthy and also to suppress our emotions and sort of disconnect us from the eternal source of earth and Gaia and spirit, universe, God, whomever you believe in, you know, a higher power, a higher love. Um, We've been really disconnected to that and become quite separated from that eternal truth and essence 
of beingness. And some of you might sort of wonder, well, how do you get along with life and how do you go through life when you're just focused on beingness? You won't get anything done. And what I'd like to say here is that for me, beingness sort of allows your nervous system to relax. It actually allows you to receive more without having to do more or perform more or to be someone that you're really not in that moment. Beingness to me is about honouring the home within self, the home within your connection to spirit, the home within your mind and what that needs to feel nourished and cherished and uh, looked after, right? So that's really an introduction of what I want to go into today. So first I'll be explaining the three stages of how I came home to me. Um, This will be quite summed up, to be honest with you, in three different categories. Um, But I'm also going to be sharing with you as well about the key factors of what I believe coming home to self is. And that's really, to me, around feeling safe in your body and having your nervous system regulated at all times. (laughs) Obviously, we won't be walking around like Buddha all the time, feeling really calm and zen. But I want to actually share with you that it is absolutely possible to nervous system have your nervous system regulated uh, throughout a lot of your, you know, day-to-day life. And it's just about creating some ritual um, and some practices that bring you back to yourself. So there'll be some tasks that I'll get you to reflect on later on as well, where I'm going to ask you and, and have you ponder what makes you feel at home, right? What makes you feel like you've come back home to self and do more of that? If you like art or cooking or running or dance or um, whatever it is that makes you come alive, that's usually when you've attuned to your higher self, your intuition, your heart, and usually that's when you're most lit up. And now I don't want you to mistake that for just being toxically positive and just to always do that and suppress our emotions. No, remember what I said, if you suppress anything, including the inner critic or your emotions, they will come back and bite you in the butt and you will have to deal with that at a later time, which is actually going to lead me into now my three stages of the journey when it comes to take me home part two. But quickly before I do that, I just want to announce that I have a hypnosis masterclass coming up on Wednesday, December 15th. It's in about two weeks time at 6 p.m. Australian Eastern Standard Time, which is code for Sydney time in Australia. So wherever you're listening from, please know that if you do purchase this, it is only $11.11 Australian dollars. And if you do purchase it, you will get the replay if you do miss it or if you just want to go under hypnosis again but we will actually be journeying into the Akashic Records. Now, for those of you who don't know what that is, it's what I like to call the energetic soul library that stores your past, present and future possible timelines, as well as the trauma that you've sort of endured or the core wounding you have around sort of past lives and generational stuff and childhood. And we're going to actually, I'm going to guide you deep within the Akashic Records to essentially meet your soul self and journey beyond your Uh, yourself as well into the universe and so I cannot wait to create magic together there so the link is down below if you have a look there and it'll take you to the checkout and then you'll be given a zoom link because that will be done online all right guys let's get to it so the three stages of coming home to me right I call number one attachment attachment you may have heard that in spirituality before but to me from about probably zero to, when was it? Maybe about 20, 
2017, I would say 2017, 2018, um, I was really attached to the outside world. And what I mean by that is I placed what quote unquote home meant to me as something outside of myself. So I would look for the feelings of homeliness in a partner or a job or a house or my family members. I was attached to basically sort of putting the responsibility on them to make me feel a certain way. And the more that you listen to my podcast and what I teach about is I like to teach from a place of empowerment. And that to me means that you are taking responsibility for how you choose to respond to the world around you rather than relying on the external world to be a certain way in order for you to feel a certain way. Because guys, the environment is constantly changing. Our systems, our culture, our um, society, the people you live with, um, your family, your friends, your partners, your jobs, right? Your car, your watch that you buy, your pair of shoes, all of them have an expiry date, whether you like it or not, right? We are in a world that is constantly expanding and shifting and evolving, and we must learn to get on board. So how can you find consistency and a constant of home within yourself? And this came to me, um, I sort of woke up to how much I was attached to placing home outside of me when I got diagnosed with an eating disorder and body dysmorphia and depression in 2016. And I had just gone through a two-year breakup. I had and was studying as well as working in a school as a teaching assistant. Um, I was always giving, 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 right? And I find that a lot of overgivers or type A personality people or people pleasers or whatever, I usually find that a lot of the time our lives tend to be validated about what other people can provide us and whether they see us, hear us or love us rather than us seeing, hearing and loving ourselves. We're attached to the outside being a certain way so that we can have permission to feel that love when actually love is a birthright. Feeling at home within self is a birthright and you don't need anyone else around you to actually sort of ignite that within you. Now, again, disclaimer, I'm not saying that community is not important, that partnership's not important or anything like that, or that families or friends are not important. I absolutely am. But as long as you have the conscious awareness of healthy interdependence, which basically means you can function both with them and without them, then to me, you've really developed a sense of healthy attachment style, right? Secure attachment style, it's called. Um, And that's where you not only can rely on yourself, but like I said, other people. So this is not to say, hey, go live your life by yourself and just go in search of that, go travel the world by yourself. You don't need to do anything extreme. It's actually just more doing the daily tasks or having a coach like myself or a healer that you can go to, to get some guidance around how you can start to connect with with yourself. Because again, from a young age, We actually depend on our mothers and our fathers or whomever was caregiving um, or caretaking for you when you were younger, or maybe you grew up and you didn't really have that support system. You weren't probably taught to regulate your nervous system, to feel your emotions, especially if you're in the generation that I am in. And if you had sort of parents who were never taught that either, right, or systems in place like the school system that doesn't really teach you that either. Um, You have to learn this and take responsibility for when you grow up because a lot of the time we weren't sort of taught um, that home is within us, right? It's like, no, home is where I live. Home is where this, 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 and this is. But again, guys, 
you get to this stage where you can have both a home within and that will manifest without. And then you'll attract in things that really do feel like home. But if your soul sense of home resides outside of you. So let's use the example of a partner because my two year relationship at that stage broke down and I just fell deep into shit. Um, I completely crashed and burned. And I realized that it was because I had placed so much of my worthiness on the fact that I was in a relationship. I had foreseen the future. I had, well, I thought I had. Um, and I really thought I was going to actually get married to this person. And I was only 21 at the time, um, but I'd always been a quote unquote relationship person. And so my sense of home actually came from the fact that I was in a relationship and my sense of validation, how I felt about myself and my lovability and my beauty and my home felt like him. And it felt like whoever I was in a relationship before that, I immediately almost abandoned myself in search of home in something or someone else. And when that sort of got taken away from me or when that sort of ended up um, going down the shitter, let's say, because I don't believe in failure, I believe in redirection and boy, was this a pivotal part and time in my journey. But I realized how much I had attached to outside of myself, uh, the meaning of home. And so I was in the shit for a long time after that, to be honest with you. I was like a zombie for a year and just sort of starving myself, exercising three to four times a day, um, sort of six to seven days a week. I was just I stopped studying as well. And like, guys, if you know me or if you're coming to know me, um, first of all, I welcome you into this space. Hello, lovely to meet you. Um, but you will start to learn that study and learning. I just absolutely love it. I froth on it. Um, if I could just spend the rest of my time learning in this lifetime, which I think we are forever a student and an aspiring teacher to share on the wisdom that I have learnt along the way, um, I would be happy for the rest of my life. Um, so when my study was affected, that's when I really knew that I was disconnected from some part of myself. Um, and so what ended up happening there is that I went to a spiritual healing event and I sort of got in contact with somebody who uh, was a coach who had healed from her eating disorder and lupus um, or who was healing from lupus. And I found that just amazing and miraculous. Um, and that was in early 2018. And I had actually just started a fitness business. So I had started a fitness business in 2017 and it sort of launched in 2018. And I had a really amazing bunch of women who I was teaching them to fall in love with their bodies, which is quite, you know, ironic because I was on the same journey. And that's the reason I do it. Again, I love teaching um, from a place of learning and knowing that I could help others who were potentially going through a similar thing to me made the journey all the more better and all the more richer. And I felt it was so fulfilling. Um, so I passed on my knowledge and started a fitness business and whilst I was doing that, I was like, okay, cool. I've set myself up in sort of the work area. And by the way, that was the first business I'd ever started. Um, business doesn't really run in my family, although it does on my dad's side, but I never really got to know um, my grandma who was a businesswoman, but I definitely know that creative entrepreneurship comes through. And you know what's actually hilarious? I'm going to share this with you now. I actually found out today because I have breakfast with my dad every Wednesday. Um, and I found out today that my grandma, 
she married somebody called David Phillips and he actually has put out books and he, I think they might be both. Well, my grandma's passed away, but I'm actually not sure about David Phillips. I think he may have passed away as well um, because he's not directly related by blood. But they actually owned a health food shop together and um, something called Aquarius Books. And I'm like, of course. So he actually got published by Hay House like seven times. And guys, if you don't know who Hay House is, the publishing company, it is like the go-to spiritual publishing company. Like if I was wanting to write a book, that is exactly who I would pitch to. And they have... uh, multiple teachers of mine who I absolutely adore have been published under Hay House. And today I found out because he wrote books like um, Discovering the Inner Self, The Complete Book of Numerology, um, Inner Secrets, all of these amazing other books. And I'm like, holy shit. Like I was related to him, not by blood, but because my grandma who clearly had that entrepreneurial spirit, which she did, was attracted to him. And so I just couldn't believe it today. Like, holy crap, like this stuff really does run in my family. So to circle back around to the point that I was making about my first business so that I don't go completely off track and forget what I was talking about, which pretty much just happened, I thought to myself, right, I'd established myself with business. I'd set that up. Um, I was teaching what I had learned and I can continue doing that. And it pretty much became second nature, which actually created room for me to start healing um, on the inside out, which I'd been actually in psychology for a year, but I got to the point where my soul was hungry for more. There was a part of me that really didn't enjoy psychotherapy because I felt like I was just continuously being identified and diagnosed with an eating disorder rather than feeling empowered enough to know that I could actually shift it. So whilst I had made some physical changes on the outside, like I was eating more, I could go out for nachos at a Mexican restaurant on a date without feeling like shit and guilty. I was able to not pinch my skin as much, you know, all of these things that I was doing. I was really able to get a handle on that, but on the inside, I still felt completely lost and I didn't feel at home in my body and I felt still at war and not at peace. And I just didn't want to believe that that was it because I did know about other healing modalities. I just hadn't dived in yet or really heard about anything like Reiki or using psychic guidance as a way to start healing or what, you know, the universal Mercury retrograde was. Like I had absolutely no idea. Um, Although I had been to a psychic medium for years before that, after my grandma parents died like had always believed in the unseen and the other world I just didn't really think ever that I would be the one to connect with that and now I'm a psychic development teacher which is hilarious how life works anyways I'm not going to go off point again So I went to this spiritual event and I actually hired a spiritual coach for about a year and she was a holistic health and nutrition coach as well as spiritual healer. So we did a lot of different things, combining the feminine with the masculine and really understanding how to make practical change, but from a place of real feminine flow and feelings and all of that. And so essentially I started to really sort of um, detach and untangle myself from the web of crap that was around me, all that I was attached to outside of me. I started to see them as sort of like um, a projection of my own reality, I guess you could say. Like I, not that I didn't see other people as real, but I went through a phase when you're awakening spiritually, you're like, Oh my God, nothing's real. Everything's an illusion, blah, blah, blah. And whilst I felt that was true at the time, I don't really resonate with that too much now because I see everyone here in human form as a lived experience and expression of the divine. So I don't really believe 
it's an illusion. Um, it's however you want to perceive it, of course. So you do you, boo. If, you, if that's what you believe, absolutely, if it works for you. Um, so I sort of started to then get lost in the spiritual side of things. And because I got told that I am not my body. And I didn't realize at the time that that was another form of attachment to almost spirit and a detachment from my human experience and body. So I basically swung the complete extreme opposite direction. So I was attached to the outside world, like family, friends, the amount of money I made, the amount of clients I got um, and all of that and my home and car and all of that jazz of that feeling like home. And then I completely ditched the human reality. And I was like, well, fuck all of it. Like I am a spiritual being having a human experience. And then I essentially got completely attached to spirit and completely detached to the other realms of what exists on this earthly plane, I should say. And so I only recognize this now as I really reflect on the entirety of my journey up to this point, because of course I'm going to grow from here. And then I'll look back in a year's time and go, holy crap, like the stage I was in there is different now. But I think we get taught that a lot as to when you spiritually awaken or sort of wake up into the more or that you're connected to everything and all of that jazz. It's actually an incredibly beautiful way of healing because I actually reconnected to my soul and I reconnected to a larger perspective in life. And I started to not value my worth based off results or if I was in partnership or what I weighed or what I looked like or what size dress I wore or whether I was in good relationship with my family or what job I had. Like I stopped placing my worth and value and sense of home on that because I knew that they were all temporary. But then I sort of was then a floating fairy and pixie spirit that was a little bit of an not an airhead. Um, and by the way, I'm not calling any of you this, like this is completely my journey and my experience, but I have a feeling maybe some of you resonate. I wasn't grounded. I was sort of unearthed uh, while I was connecting, but it served a purpose because I was able to sort of detach from what I had been so caught up in and entangled in that I was able to rise to a higher perspective and see everything as the impermanence that it is because guys, energy never dies. It simply is always transformed. Okay. So energy, you cannot sort of anything essentially isn't just you're born and then you die. It's all transforming and you, you cannot, um, yeah, kill energy. It's just a constant flowing, um, source of, whatever it is. Um, you get what I'm trying to say, guys, everything's made of energy. <laughs> um, so everything's flowing in and out of your life and you have to come up with a way. And my way to deal with the impermanence of everything was actually to be attached to spirit. So then I started to call spirit my home and I belonged up there. And then it brought up all of this shit about how I didn't feel that you know, earth was my home. And yet here I was in a physical body, running a physical business, trying to date physical real life people, trying to make money. And I was completely detached from what any of that meant. But I had to sort of swing from extreme to extreme to realize and come back to the third part of the journey. And I'm going to tell you how that got triggered. So I, I went from stage one, which was completely in my body, so much so that my home and my worth was dependent on just how I looked and what, I, what size I was and what body weight I was. And it depended on if I was on a relationship and all these conditions. That's how I valued home. 
And then they all got fucking stripped from me, like absolutely yonked, rug swept from underneath me, pulled out. Holy shit, I'm left alone. What does home mean? I can't rely on anyone. Everything's impermanence. So then I go to something more permanent, which is spirit. But then I disconnect from my body, right? So then that all drops away. Well, 2020 comes along, right? And by this stage, guys, I left my fitness business. I branched off and got qualified in holistic health and nutrition, Reiki, psychic mediumship, past life regression, all of these things had started a coaching business and a healing business. And it was on point, guys. So I haven't actually worked for anyone else um, since... 2017 and I've been in business ever since and I've traveled so much um, of the world in between that stage I have lived a very fulfilling freeing life but guys it doesn't come easy like working for yourself is probably another episode I will go into um, and all the misconceptions around working from home and um, all of that jazz but I want to tell you that in 2020 and I know that was a really tough year for many many people but this was before like COVID really even was a thing in January I had just come back from three months of traveling in the UK by myself solo, which by the way, guys, I never thought I could do ever. I started to trust in spirit so much. I don't think I trusted my human self. I mean, I must have to actually do the action steps because I'm quite an action orientated type A personality person, but I was so trusting in spirit and my journey that I just was just so connected to that. Uh, And that felt like home. See? And so I came back and I was like, I'm applying for a visa to live in the UK for 2020. And I was so excited. My visa got approved. Everything was great. And then I get in a car accident about two weeks before I am meant to go. Now, the ironic thing about that is essentially um, that when I was back in England the three months before that, I asked my parents to sell my car. I had a feeling. I was like, can you please sell my car? At that stage, I thought I was just going to live on through into 2020. Thank God I didn't. And I did come home and get a proper visa because I would have been trapped in the UK uh, without a visa to work. So that would have been shit. However... I ended up coming back. They hadn't sold my car. It was my job and I totally get that. But then I was driving to Manly one day in Sydney and on the way home and it was about 10 p.m. The bushfires, if you guys remember in 2020 um, or 2019 to 2020, it was sort of the first day it had rained in so, so, so long after the bushfires. And I don't know if you guys know this, but now I'm aware of this, that when a car hasn't driven on like a wet road after a long time, like the tires or the ground gravel thingy is just so sensitive. And so essentially I was driving the normal speed limit as I do, wasn't on my phone. None of the things that you could say, oh my God, she did this and it caused this. No, I was so grateful to the point that five seconds before my car spun out driving around a corner, I literally said to my car, cause I knew I was going to sell it. I said out loud guys, no fucking word of a lie. I said, I'm so grateful for you little Yaris, right? I had a little Yaris, blue Yaris. I was like, I'm so grateful. Thank you for getting me here safely. I'm going to miss you when I go to England. Thank you. I turned the corner, my car slid out, my wheels slid out. I lost control of the wheel. This was a very busy um, time uh, of night, apparently for this road. I found out that later, but it just so happened to be that no cars were here for this split second. And I swiveled all the way over to the other side. I let go of the wheel and there was a cliff on the other side. And I thought I was dying. Like I thought this is it. I'm done. It was one of the near death experiences, um, that I've had. And maybe you guys can relate to how this feels, but, um, 
essentially I took my hand off the wheel and someone, and I always believe it's my nan because I believe my nan always drives in the passenger seat next to me as a spirit, but someone, and I felt it, someone grabbed the wheel of the car and twisted it the other way. And I skid back across the other side without even touching my wheel, guys. I let go. I was like, I've surrendered. This is done. I'm dead. And I saw the cliff and everything. And it spun out and it crashed into a tree back over the side of the road I had just come from. And then both cars decided to come on either side of the road. So I don't know. It was like real fated. Like I was so not meant to die. But you know what it did? A part of my ego died. A part of my spiritual ego died. I was so disconnected from my body, guys, that this car accident triggered me into my body, into complete shock of my nervous system. I was so numb from feeling like home was, again, it was sort of outside of me, right? Because I believe that spirit is an extension of our own inner spirit, but I was still looking up. I'm still looking up and outside of myself going, can't wait to go home. Can't wait to go to heaven or spirit or universe. Like I can't wait to live as an angel. And I just wasn't here on earth. Even though I was doing the earthly things, I was clearly numb and disconnected. It's probably why my dating life sucked because I could never like ground a relationship properly. Um, But guys, this car accident last year in 2020 in Jan shocked me back into my body. And um, it's almost like my parents didn't sell my car because I was meant to go through this to be one of the most pivotal parts of my journey. Um, There's only been a few pivotal moments in my life and this is 100% one of them. And it was sort of from that moment on that I realized how numb and disconnected I had been and this brought me back home to myself because I could have died. And I would have died not being connected to the earth life that I signed up for. And I sort of realized, and it sort of makes me a little bit emotional in this moment, but I got shocked back into the body that I had tried to escape from for so long. And I sort of thought that by doing the healing work that I was connecting back with it and I was becoming grounded and embodied, but actually I was still awakening. I was sort of still in the awakening stage. And this was the part and the phase of integration um, and sort of merging earth and spirit together merging heaven and earth together. Um, And the embodiment stage is what I feel like I've been grounded in now for sort of 2021. But 2020, the rest of the year, I sort of moved and I was coming back home to myself. And I really struggled to be in a car from that moment onwards. Um, And my partner would tell you and say that whenever he would sort of go around a corner in England um, in the rain, it sort of only was triggered by the rain because, you know, obviously the trauma lived in my body um, and I was trying to process it. But sometimes no matter what you do, guys, like, and yes, they say like, you know, time is of the essence and it takes time. Some healers will argue that it doesn't take time and it's up to you to create that timing. I believe in co-creation. I believe that you can do the physical human work, which I was doing. I was going to see massage therapists, kahuna massage, energy workers. Um, I was doing my own Reiki healing on myself. I was tapping into my soul, creating ritual, doing grounding exercises to really start to calm down my nervous system from the shock it had just endured. But I can't speed up time. Like my pain and that trauma that lived inside of my body, guys, that took its own time. And I did what I could from a human point of view. And then I left spirit up to do the rest and trusted that this would heal in due time. Um, But I didn't just sit back and go, oh, it'll 
take time and ignore the issue. So I did the physical things. But anyways, my partner, when he would go around corners, I would get flashbacks and any sense of the wheel, like sort of um, slipping out from underneath me, any sort of jolt that I felt. And I, I just latched onto him. I was like, be careful. And it was a very outward reaction, uh, a very visceral response in my body that it would go into shock. So guys, since then, and since that moment, I've actually become super hypersensitive. Um, so much so that I watched uh, Kong, the latest Kong movie, like a few months ago, um, King Kong and the gorilla or whatever. No, that is a gorilla. Um, Godzilla versus Kong or something. I remember watching that. And I literally was so sensitive to Kong and his helplessness is because it triggered my helplessness in that moment. I had no power over my car or control over my car. Like I had to surrender and you know, let fate have its hand. Um, And thank God I'm still here because I'm talking about it. And I'm so grateful. Um, However, it shocked me into hypersensitivity. I became so sensitive that anyone who scares me, like who, who tries to like scare me or jolt me, like my whole body has a really severe reaction. And again, I'm doing the healing and the spiritual, mental, emotional work, but my physical body and your nervous system will take its own time. Like as long as you're doing your part, there is no control you have over how quickly something heals. And we live in this fucking culture, this fucked up culture where we are not given time to heal or grieve or mourn or deal with our emotions and deal with the fact that we have cellular trauma in the cells of our body, in our nervous system. And that's why we can go into fight, flight, freeze, fawn reactions and stress responses because we've not taken the time to honor the trauma in the moment and we push it away and we think it's gone and then something triggers it like driving on a rainy day that triggered that response. And we have to do the inner healing. We have to do the inner work or the emotional release around that to know and let our bodies know that we are not in the same position, that it is a new day and that it is a new moment that we can perceive this reality and let our bodies know it's safe. And that's trauma healing and doing all of that work. And so I became super sensitive from that moment on I still am hypersensitive. Um, I think it really, again, it shocked me back into my body. Um, but now why, why I'm sort of telling you this around home is that I feel like I've come back to home within my body. The car accident triggered me back into my body to notice how numb and disconnected I had been from this earthly realm. And now to me, this journey is about bridging the gap between the scene and the unseen, the physical and tangible, and the intangible and the unknown. It's about creating heaven on earth. You know, it's about anchoring spirited wisdom into this earthly plane in this earthly body. It's knowing that the the vessel, our physical being, is the vehicle and vessel that houses our soul. It's all connected. And if you only nourish one part of your life or one part of your body, mind, soul, or emotion, if you only focus on one thing, you'll be really out of balance. And so guys, stage one, I was attached to the outside world. I was actually focused too much on the physical. And then I then was so attached to the spiritual in phase two and the emotional and the mental. And then the car accident for stage three triggered all of that to sort of integrate all together to go, wow, I'm mind, body, soul. 
right? I am all three aspects. I came here for the human experience. Yes, I might believe that I am not my body. Like I am not it, just like I am not anger. I am not um, mother. These are all roles. They're identities. They're temporary. They're just labels. Um, It's not who you are. The essence of who you are is love underneath all of it or whatever you believe. And so to me, that car accident triggered me back into seeing all aspects. And so my question for you, just because I like to get you questioning things, is are you focused right now with home on the outside, like your physical home, the clothes you wear, the weight that you have on your body, the this, the that, how many times you train a week, if you're in a relationship, if you're a mother or father or a brother or a sister or whatever other identity or label that you have been given or that you have chosen for yourself, have you placed home in that? And what does that feel like for you? Do you, Is that fulfilling? Because, you know, things change. And so this is where I invite you deeper now. Can you find home somewhere in your emotions? Not to be attached because emotions are also energy in motion. They are also flowing. They're temporary. You experience anger and then it goes like passing clouds in the sky. So can you in your mind, feel some sort of homeliness and sense of peace in your mind. Now, for a lot of people in Western culture, this is where things get interesting, is, again, the suppression of the mind and the ego and seeing it as a horrendous thing that should be continuously avoided and only connect with the soul, not the ego. It's like, well, actually, you know, the ego's in training to be a soul is what I believe. So can you find home somehow in your mind? How can you use your mind as a sense of, wow, thank you, mind, for being a part of me. Thank you for keeping me safe because the mind's job is to protect you and keep keep you safe. The subconscious mind is to preserve and protect the body at all costs. And sometimes this can be of absolute detriment to you because of reasons I will explain in another podcast, um, which is why subconscious reprogramming through um, neuroplasticity is really important. So creating new stories in the brain to release the ones from the past past and then can you find a sense of home in your soul in spirit in a faith in religion in in something that um is a bit of a higher power maybe something that is more unseen and untouched okay and you have to nourish all different parts of these these homes that you have access to in this earthly plane and attuning yourself to the subtle frequencies of this existence how can you call earth your home if you're so spiritual? And I went into this already in Take Me Home Part 1, so I'm not going to go into it again. But like I said, guys, this to me is about noticing where you're too attached to the outside and then noticing where you're so detached from the outside and how can you start to integrate those two things together. So, again, how can you create a healthy relationship with your body so that it can feel like home but you know that – Um, you are not your body at the same time. So again, it's the ebb and flow. It's the dance between light and dark, attachment and avoidance. Like it's this lovely, beautiful dance. And I will never be able to tell you what home will feel like for you. And that's another question to ask you. Let's say you have placed your um, sense of home on the home that you're actually in, like the physical house or unit or flat or mansion, whatever you're living in or van or car, whatever. Um, Let's say that you have attached home to that. Like you don't see home as within, you see it as something without. 
what does that sense of home feel like for you? So tap into your body. What does that sense of home give you? Does it feel like freedom or joy or excitement? And what I would say to you is how can you invite those feelings in and learn to create that from within? How can you take what you believe to be is outside of you and recognize that it is actually an extension of you? You have access to these states at all time. To me, feeling at home is a state of being. Um, it is something that is there always that you have access to. And so when you have access to that within you and you're not relying on the outside world, because let's say your house gets taken away from you, or let's say you choose to leave and go to a new house, your sense of home will go with that if you've not found a sense of home from within. Again, I'm not saying you won't feel pain or you might feel sadness if you leave that home because you're a human with emotions, but you're not attached so much so that your sense of identity and home goes with it. And again, so for me in stage one, I was attached to my partner, bringing me a sense of home. Then we broke up and then I was like, fuck, I need to look for another attachment. Like I don't, and unconsciously I was choosing this, not consciously aware of it. Um, and then I looked for home and I attached to spirit, which meant I didn't have to deal with the human stuff. And then my car accident happened. I was like, fuck, I chose to be here on earth in a human body. I need to look after it. I need to regulate my nervous system. I need to look after it. And yes, I said that twice. And I get to nourish my soul and my spirit as well. It's a co-creation. It's a yes and, not uh, this or that. It's a yes and that. It's a yes, I'm connected to spirit and that feels like home and I'm connected to within. Yes, I have um, a sense of home in my partner now and I can be with myself and feel at home. So if that relationship and anything was to ever happen to it, because guys, like, we also die. And I know I've brought this up in the last episode too, but like death is a natural part of life, physical death, emotional death, mental ego death, spiritual death. There's a lot of different phases of death that we journey through. And so we have to know that we are the source of how we respond to these deaths. We have to have our own back. The person who inspires you the most, which I'm going to go into in, in a different podcast episode is it should be you. You should be the one who inspires you the most because you've survived 100% of your days so far. Congratulations. You're a human in 2021 dealing with all this shit that's going on in the world and you're still here listening to this podcast. You should be your own source of inspiration and other people can inspire you as well. But if you are not included in that, then you will constantly be relying on something else or someone else outside of you to validate that. And what if they go? What if they leave? Because everything's temporary. You have to learn to have your own back. You have to learn that you can be the your own support and love and sense of guidance and clarity, which is why is the fundamental reason why I teach psychic development is because I think it's really important for us to learn to come back to our soul center and to come back to our intuition and our own guidance system. Because again, you cannot find home in a different psychic reader or spiritual reader just because they can tap into your energy. You cannot place your worth on them, this, your sense of home on them or rely on them because they're their own person with their own journey. And you have to learn how to reconnect and attune to your own soul and your own energy and to pick up on your own shit and to do your own inner child work and your own shadow work and your own trauma work, right? And so by doing that, you 
are connecting in with a part of you that can never, ever, ever be impacted or taken away by somebody else. This is personal power. This is what it means to be empowered. This is what it means to reclaim the position of CEO in your own life. This is what it means to be the creator and the writer and the director of your own story. No one can take that away from you. You get to be the one to choose how you respond to life rather than letting the outside environment dictate that for you. That is to me what home means is no one can take home away from me because home is me. I am home. Home is within me. People can rattle my sense of belonging or sense of home. Absolutely. I'm not immune to emotion, <laughs> right? So please know that your responsibility is to take note of how you have been placing home outside of yourself and really sitting with yourself once a day. I, I truly believe this, especially in the beginning. If you are just coming into this journey now, I want you to come into sort of a ritual or a daily practice of whatever that means for you of how can I reconnect with the sense of home within me today or have the word home written everywhere around you to remind your subconscious mind that home exists in every moment. It's just about you tapping into that. And so I want you to notice where you are not feeling a sense of home, right? Let's say you're not feeling at home with your partner. Well, what is that actually meaning for you? What does that bring up in you? Take responsibility for how that feeling is arising within you. And does that relate to an earlier childhood trauma? Does Have you seen your mum or dad go through that when, um, you know, they were married or not married or whatever, whatever you've witnessed in society and your upbringing and environment? So, um, yeah, that's what I would really encourage you to do is take note of how you can come back to home more and more every day. And if you're not feeling at home within yourself, what comes up around that? I want you, this is the most simple task I'll give you, is if you write home in your workbook or a journal or something and write home in the middle with a bubble around it, and I want you to actually write every word that comes up around that. When I say the word home, what comes up for you immediately? And do not hesitate to write that down. And I want you to notice how many things you've listed outside that are outside of yourself and notice how that's actually impacting your life and how much you've probably relied upon that, um, uh, you know, for validation and guidance and how can you actually switch it and actually come back to yourself. All right. And write a letter about what, what, home now means to you. Write a letter from your future self. Oh my God, I found home within. Um, I have healthy dependency and attachment to things outside of me, but it doesn't determine who I am and no one can ever take home away from me and all of that jazz. I would love for you to do that. All right, guys, I'm going to wrap up now because I've realized the recording time has just gone so over, which is amazing because I love this work. Um, but please check out the link below for the Hypnosis Masterclass on Wednesday, December the 15th. And I look forward to hearing from you. And I would love to know your thoughts on this episode. And please share it to anyone who you think would be interested. Sending you all the love in the world right now. Have a magical day.